Ed Roberts with a reminder that we will replay our conversation with Caroline Aaron of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel later on this hour. We'll be up to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, while we are in a Rosemary frame of mind, we will take you back to December 2017 as we bring you an encore presentation of our conversation with Peter Marshall. Peter Marshall, the master of the Hollywood squares and the narrator of Wait for Your Laugh, the marvelous documentary about the life and career of Rosemary. Hi, this is Loretta Sweat, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. It is happy to welcome back the master of the Hollywood Squares, Mr. Peter Marshall. If you are not aware of this yet, we will tell you this right now. Peter is the narrator of Wait for Your Laugh, the acclaimed new feature-length motion picture documentary about the life and career of Rose Barry. Peter, of course, is also heard every day on the Music of Your Life radio network, and we are very happy that he's taken some time out of his schedule to talk to us today. Peter, welcome back to our program. Oh, thank you. Thank you so very much. I know that you've done uh, quite a bit of promotion for the Wait for You Laugh movie over the past few weeks, including appearances in Los Angeles and San Francisco, and I, I, I would imagine it has to be very gratifying for you and for Rose and for everyone involved in the movie. It has to be very gratifying to have this great reception for it. it it's really terrific. Yeah, I, well, first of all, I, I love Rose. She's one of my oldest friends, and I don't mean in age. She just, we've known each other. Plus the fact we're both very old. But I went to New York, which I hadn't been, I don't really like to travel anymore. But uh, for real, I would have done anything. And, and I'm very fond of Christina and uh, Jason Wise, the writer and producer and director of, of the movie. And it's just a terrific movie. A lot, a lot of people just don't realize uh, the life that Ro has had. I mean, she's 94. She's been in business 91 years. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's ever surpassed that, really being uh, able to work 91 years and her life is amazing i can remember as a kid baby rosemary on the radio mm-hmm. and uh, i mean she was three years old and she was what shirley temple was in movies that's what Rose was on radio baby rosemary she sounded like sophie tucker you know and they thought there the, had to be a phony deal but no that was her and her, you know, her father was a gangster, and, and she was, Al Capone adored her, and she worked for gangsters all of her life. Mm-hmm. She opened the Flamingo Hotel for Bugsy Siegel. I mean, we all worked for gangsters. We all worked, you know, the mob ran all the nightclubs, and, and I must say, I concur with Roe. They, they were wonderful to us. They, they certainly treated us better than the corporate, the people who were treating uh, the people in Vegas, and Reno, and Tahoe, and stuff. And they, they controlled, but they were, they loved actors and, uh, they were just terrific with, for us and, uh, I, they couldn't have been nicer. And this, this movie is just sensational, really. She had this terrible father who took all of her money and, uh, and until she married Bobby, guy, you know, uh, he controlled her life. I mean, it's, it's an amazing movie to, to watch. It's a documentary, really. And, uh, when she asked me to, will I uh, be the narrator? I said, of course I would. And, I'm in it. I talk about her as as, as Dick Van Dyke and Carl Reiner and 
and Tim Conway, and uh, we just love her. And uh, I don't know if you know this, she she discovered Tim Conway. Yeah, yes, I was aware of that. And, and and again, that's just one of the many, many far-reaching aspects of Wait for Your Laugh. If you haven't seen it, folks, if you can, you really do want to see it. It is available right now on DVD, Amazon.com, wherever DVDs are sold. Peter mentioned the Baby Rosemary radio show. I believe that's the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania was where Rosemary made her uh, national debut on NBC radio. Well, the KDKA was the, the first station. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from West Virginia. I spent the first 10 years of my life in, in Wheeling, West Virginia, WWVA. But KDKA was the, the radio. And, I, you know, that's when I fell in love with all the big bands and, you know, all, all the singers like Bing Crosby and Gene Austin. I, nobody remembers Gene Austin, but Gene Austin was was bigger than Crosby. Mm-hmm. He's the first guy ever to sell a million records. So KDKA was very important uh, for all. Yeah, that, that was the first national radio station. First national radio station, very historic, very significant city in the life and career arose. Marie, wait for your laugh. Uh, for more information, go to waitforyourlaugh.com, waitforyourlaugh.com. Peter Marshall is the narrator of Wait for Your Laugh. He is also featured in the motion picture along with Dick Van Dyke, Carl Reiner, Tim Conway, and of course, Rose. Marie, you mentioned this on the air. I think you also mentioned this in the movie, Peter, about working in Vegas the time when the gangsters ran it. I have friends who've lived in Vegas for, you know, close to 40 years, and they tell me, they, I mean, they echo what you just said. It was a better city, a vet, better environment all around uh, Vegas was when the mob ran it. It was no crime, uh, because you <laughs> wouldn't dare commit crime in those days. And uh, I opened the, uh, as she opened the Flamingo, I opened the Desert Inn in 1950. Mm-hmm. I have the I did a comedy act with Tommy Noonan. Tommy a Noonan, lot of yeah. people don't remember that. Mm-hmm. But next to Dean and Jerry, Noonan and Marshall, we were the hot guys. And uh, Bo Davis, uh, who was from Cleveland, mm-hmm. the Cleveland mob, who was like a surrogate father to me. He was just this wonderful man. And he did so much for us, I guess. He built the hospital. He built the, you know, he did so many wonderful things for for the city. And it was 1950, and uh, I can remember the rooms were $5 a night. Mm-hmm. And to see the show and to have dinner, uh, the most expensive thing was the sirloin steak, which was $6.25. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can remember it, uh, also at, at midnight, you could have uh, breakfast. And you never saw a layout like this in all, every hotel uh, for a buck, buck and a half, yeah. Uh, and Vegas was wonderful. Uh, they didn't want you to gamble. And if you were a good kid, which I was, uh, you know, I'd never mess with their girls. Mm-hmm. I didn't gamble. I mm-hmm. didn't drink. You know, I behaved myself. Then they would do anything in the world for you. Well, one of the reasons why you, you stayed out of trouble is that you and Tommy, were, you, were, you were both busy. You were, you're, you're too exhausted to fool around because you're going from one, one venue to another. That's true. That really was. But no, we weren't that exhausted. We <laughs> We're talking to Peter Marshall. Peter is the narrator of Wait for Your Laugh, the feature-length documentary about Rosemary that is also told through the eyes of Rosemary herself. Peter not only narrates Wait for Your Laugh, he also appears in the movie along with Rosemary, Carl Reiner, and Dick Van Dyke. Wait for Your Laugh, available now on DVD. One of the fun things, and this, this speaks both to uh, Rosemary, it speaks to yourself, it speaks to Carl Reiner. One, one of the fun things about the movie is that you talk about, especially 
when you remain active up into your older years? I mean, keeping that creative drive to perform and keeping active. What do you do, Peter, to keep that creative drive? I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with genes, of course, but it it has to do with uh, being a a happy person. Mm -hmm. I have a wonderful marriage. I have great kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. I've been in the business 76 years. I still work. Uh, I know this is pre-recorded, but I'm doing a concert on this Sunday with the Benny Goodman Band. I still do my big band concerts. I still do the radio show. Mm -hmm. And I'm involved with a lot of other things, uh, animal rights and stuff like that. And I just, but having a a good marriage, which I have a wonderful marriage, Mm -hmm. and my kids are great. I've never had problems with my children. (laughs) I've had the normal problems, like every every parent would have. But, I mean, Pete played, my son Pete Lecocky played Major League Ball, and He's got two grandchildren, lives in Phoenix, and then my son David lives in Kauai. He's got eight children and five grandchildren. Mm-hmm. I, and my daughters, you know, they are very successful. I've just been surrounded by wonderful friends and a wonderful family. And I've been able to work, and uh, I've had pretty good health. You know, after Squares, I went, yeah, I did a show called Fantasy for a couple of years mm-hmm. at NBC. Then I went back to theater. I did La Caja Fall for three years. I did the National Company in New York a year. Then I, I did uh, Rumors, the Neil Simon play for two years. Mm-hmm. And I've kept busy, and I've had good health. And uh, I don't know. It's, I've just been one of the lucky guys. And Van Dyke's the same way. I mean, Dick, Dick is older than I am. I'll be 92. I think he, he's already 92. Mm-hmm. And he's vital. And, and Carl's 95. He's still writing and doing and... And uh, we, we're busy and we're lucky. We're, you're, we're busy and you're lucky, and we're lucky that uh, Peter Marshall is spending a few minutes talking to us uh, on our program tonight. Peter is the narrator of Wait for Your Laugh, the critically acclaimed, popular, very popular uh, feature-length motion picture documentary about the life and career of Rose Marie that is also told through the eyes of Rose Marie herself. Uh, for more information, I've got to wait for your laugh. Dot Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. You also mentioned, just in luck, I mean, as it happens, you also live near the ocean. Now, I I grew up near the ocean. That's got to be a very calming effect, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we've had these problems in L.A. Now, this is starting a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, This fire thing is just so, so sad. In fact, on the Scribble fire, I was a mile from that. Oh, wow. But I have so many good friends that mm-hmm. live up in Carpenter Rail and, and Santa Barbara and uh, that that whole area has mm-hmm. been so devastated. I think five or six hundred homes, yeah. and, and uh, they'd say the Thomas fire is going to last for a couple of weeks. I mean, it's just, it's so California is wonderful, but we have our problems just like. I guess almost every other community. Yeah, it's one of those things, Peter, where you just stop and you count your blessings. You know, absolutely, you know, but, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Now uh, we mentioned uh, your radio show. Uh, you still do your uh, your daily radio show for the Music of Your Life Radio Network. I have to ask you because it is the holiday season. Are you required to play holiday music, or do you pick whatever you want? No, you know, I pick whatever I want, but I do mostly a holiday music, and yeah, I play all the old standards and. And there are a lot of new kids that have uh, new records on. uh, I was thinking the other day, I was going through, because on this concert I'm doing uh, on Sunday, Uh at the end I do my act, and then there's the comic and uh, the girl singer. 
and then at the end we do we're doing a Christmas medley. And I'm going over Christmas songs. And I realized <laughs> without Jewish composers, we would probably have two Christmas songs. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I mean, when you look at White Christmas, Irving Berlin, uh, there's Sammy Kahn, there's Frank Lesser. I mean, all these wonderful Jewish composers are the ones that wrote all these great Christmas songs. Except for Gene Autry, who wrote Here Comes Santa Claus or that, something. That's true. Uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's amazing how many Jewish composers uh, wrote all, all of our classic Christmas songs. Which Christmas song do you like to perform? Peter, whether you're doing it in public or just doing it in friends, is there a favorite Christmas song that you like to perform? Well, yeah, I tell stories about it. I said, you know, in 1944, I was in Italy. Uh, I was in, in the Second World War, and I was 18 years old, and uh, I was a radio operator in the uh, uh, Signal Corps, mm -hmm. and my first assignment was down in, uh, the war was still going up in Bologna, uh, right before the big Po Valley push. Mm -hmm. But I was down in uh, Reggio Calabria at a German prisoner of war camp. And uh, all the German prisoners were about my age. We were 18, 19, 20. And there were no guards or anything. I mean, the war was over for them. They had been captured. And, and they lived, uh, they were living wonderfully. You know. But it was Christmas time. And we started singing Christmas songs, I, uh, a couple of German Christmas songs I'd never heard, but Silent Night I heard, and it was written in 18, uh, I think by 1818, mm -hmm. by uh, Franz Gruber and uh, and somebody else. It's a German song, mm -hmm. Silent Night, and they, they sang, and then I sang a song that when I, every time I hear it, I, I, I think of, of me being the radio operator in this prisoner of war camp. Yeah. And it was, I'll be home for Christmas. Yeah. I always think that. And, and then I tell the story about my friend, Bob Wells. Bob was a, came from a lot of money. His dad, Colonel Levinson, uh, was the guy that created sound for Warner Brothers, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the Jolson thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, they lived in Toluca Lake, and he, he would write lyrics. And he wrote, he became a very big songwriter. He wrote a lot of big hits. But he wrote this when he was 16, wrote a uh, poem for a high school production of something. I don't know, I'm not aware. Anyway, he wrote this Christmas poem, and he started writing with Mel Torme, and the first day Mel went over to the house, Bob was in the shower, and he sat down at the piano, and he saw this poem. And in 22 mo uh, minutes, he put lyrics to it. I mean, a, a melody to the lyrics. Yeah. And Bob came out and said, he said, hey, listen, I just put some music to your lyrics. Would you like to hear it? He says, sure, and, he's, and here's the song, I'll be home for Christmas. <laughs> that, that, that's not it. He, it's a, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, yuletide carols being sung by you. That's, that, that was the beginning. That was the genesis of, yeah. of Christmas song. We're talking to Peter Marshall. Peter is the narrator of Wait for Your Laugh, the uh, feature-length motion picture documentary about the life and career of Rose Marie. Wait for Your Laugh is now available on DVD, Amazon.com, wherever DVDs are sold. WaitForYourLap.com, Peter Marshall's website, BoySinger.com. Obviously, you still perform. I've heard that when you have the gift to sing, you have to practice it, otherwise you lose it. I mean, do you do warm-ups every day, or do you focus on when you do a performance? Not really. Uh, I just sing all the time. I love singing, and... And I'll just be driving in the car, and I sing, and and for some reason, uh, I sound like I did when I was 18. 
uh, singing with bands, or 15, actually, my first job with the Bob Chester Band. Yeah. You know, I'm 91, as I stated earlier, so I've been around a long time, and a lot of, a lot of singers, I won't mention names, they can't sing anymore. Of course, we've got Tony Bennett, I mean, he's, he's singing as wonderfully well as he's always mm-hmm. sung, and there are guys out there that can still sing, and I happen to be one of them. I don't know why. I don't, I don't smoke, I don't drink, uh, as I stated earlier, I'm a happy guy, and uh, I've just been blessed, I, I, can, I can sing, I don't know why, my voice hasn't changed, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't warm up, I, but I do sing practically all the time, uh, I'll, do, I'll learn new songs, I'll do things, or I'll, yeah, I'll put together stuff, and I love singing, and uh and I'm able to sing. I don't know why. Well, I, I would guess, to me, there, there are some parallels between a singer and, you know, say, an, a, a professional athlete in that one way or another, you, whether, whether it's formally or informally, you do things to stay in shape. And, you know, it's just, it does come down to, to genes and taking care of yourself. But whatever you do, you do take care of yourself. I do. As, uh, as I stated, it all, I think it all starts with being a happy guy yeah. and having happy surroundings and, and family. That's the most family and friends. The, big, the bad thing about my age, I can't do a lot of things I used to do, but the, the worst thing is friends, yeah. losing friends. And uh, I got up this morning, I was looking at a, a thing. Mike Connors is, was my neighbor. Yeah. Mike, he was Mannix. We did a movie together called The 49th Man back in 1953 where he was the good guy and I was the bad guy. And uh, we've known each other all those years. And he passed. I can't believe it. He passed last January. It's almost a year, you know, a year. And it's gone so quickly. I have a place in Palm Desert. I don't enjoy going down there anymore. I don't have one male friend anymore. I had Andy Williams. I had Don Meredith. I had Frankie Randall. I had uh, Pierre Cousset. I had all my buddies, Jerry Vale, and they're all gone. And so when I go down there, it, it makes me sad. I don't play golf uh, much anymore. And uh, but that, that's that's the negative about growing old, uh, losing your pals, and it's it's, it's a very sad thing. It, yeah, it, it is a very sad thing, but, but at, at the same time, and again, this goes back to, you know, uh, being happy and being active and putting yourself out there is that you get to meet new people, and that enriches your life, that enriches everyone's life. As, as, well, the as problem with meeting uh, younger people, they don't know about the big bands. They don't know about working in Vegas when there was only one cab driver uh-huh. on the strip. They don't know any of this stuff, and so you don't have much in common. Uh, the people I hang with, my wife, of course, and my kids and my grandkids, mm-hmm. and that makes me happy. But uh, I do miss my buddies because uh, we can talk about things. That The only one left, uh, and he just moved to Henderson in Vegas, is Shecky Green. Uh. And I, I do keep in contact with Shecky. But I just, I, I go to funerals a lot. And uh, <laughs> uh, I have one good buddy here, uh, Alex Trebek. Alex and I... Uh, uh, we see each other, but he's so doggone busy. He still has Jeopardy, and he and Gene travel a lot. And and, and I must say, Alex is, I think, uh, 15, 20 years younger than I am. But he's very aware of, of the music and the stuff. But Fred Willard, Freddie Willard, I don't know if you know who Fred is. Well, I, 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 Fernwood Tonight and the Ace uh, Trucking Company. He's a wonderful actor. Yeah. And Freddie, Freddie's close to my age, 
And so I've got a few friends here that we can't discuss the old days, <laughs> but uh, there's not many people I can discuss the old days with. Well, maybe what people need to do in order to understand the old days is they need to watch Wait for Your Laugh, because it, it, besides telling everyone about Rosemary's many accomplishments over her 90-plus year career in show business, it really does give you a sense of the golden age of nightclubs and the golden age of show business in Las Vegas so that you can understand how people like Rosemary and how people like you, Peter, built that town. Yeah, it's a role. What a career. Starting in radio, then vaudeville, then nightclubs, then, of course, uh, television. And did, she didn't do a lot of film. But her career is just an amazing career. And, and to be able to see it. And by the way, she kept everything. There are pictures. Uh, there are film, not pictures. There are film of yes. her singing at yes. Major 3 yes. on radio. Yes. Uh, there's, uh, there's pictures of her with Durandy when she was a kid with Milton Berle. And she worked with everybody. And if your listeners have a chance, they should really go see this film. It's quite wonderful. It is quite wonderful. It's called Wait for Your Laugh. You can find out more about it by going to waitforyourlaugh.com. Peter, it has been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for taking uh, uh, some time out of your day to talk to us and to talk to our listeners. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.